Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss Amigos, and welcome to episode 20 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I'm Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau. We're no longer locked out, and we're actually making moves, fellas. Dude, big move today. Big move. This is the move we've been waiting for. You know, we, we needed that uh, that big bat. And, uh, you know, the last couple of days, they've been uh, Trevor's story's been close to signing. So uh, he finally signed with the Sox. And um that's big big move for uh big move for Heim Bloom uh to get that big bat in the lineup there so feeling good feeling good today yeah after a long two weeks the story is finally over Ooh. and it fine yep yep I'll, I'll let you use that one if you guys want <laughs> all right uh, it has finally come to a conclusion and I'm very happy I'm very happy I'll start there there's a lot of things that I you know we're going to talk about the impact um how it's going to benefit the Red Sox how it's going to, you know, hurt the other teams in the American League East. Um, we'll have a few laughs at Yankee fans' expense, who, again, once again, missed out on another free agent. And now it looks like they pretty much missed out on all of them. Um, but this is a Red Sox podcast, not a Yankees podcast. And right. to say, you know, at the very, very least, I'm incredibly happy about Trevor's story. I think he's exactly what they needed, and I think he's a fantastic fit. No, I mean, there was a lot of names starting to come off the board. We'll get to that a little bit more later on in the podcast. So at that point in time when we signed him, he was really the last big piece that you could get out there without having to give up prospects, without having to take on a larger contract and, you know, find a partner for it. So um, I think, you know, it's a very good deal for us at the end of the day. It's a good deal for him, too. And, um, you know, I'm glad that he finally made the decision that he can play second base for, you know, at least a little bit. No, exactly. And it's, um, you know, I think the, the AAV was, uh, what about 23 million, 23 and a half million per, and then he's got the opt out after the fourth year. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a solid deal. Um, obviously we've talked about, you know, Arroyo playing second. So now it looks like you got that. Uh, locked up with story and then Bogart's at short. Um, and it was kind of interesting. I know people are kind of talking about the whole like Bogart scenario after, you know, this season, whether or not he's going to leave. Um, I do know that, you know, we know that Bogart's and, you know, had a pretty big, uh, a pretty big um, part of story actually coming here. I know he kind of, um, you know, helped recruit him. So um, I think that that infield right now is going to be pretty solid. With uh, Story, you know, Devers, uh, Bogarts, um, you know, it looks like the Red Sox got a pretty solid infield right now. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest benefit here is that it 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 is a puzzle piece, just like kind of JD was. And I think that this is the the model of this franchise. I don't think that, like, in the early in the offseason and then, you know, obviously in, in the most recent past couple of weeks, it was, are they going to spend – Maybe are they actually just penny pinchers? Maybe they they just maybe this is just a new model of the Boston Red Sox, and it looks like that they're they're just they're they're going to spend, but they're going to do it more smart. 
and be patient, wait out their guy, and try to get that AAV as low as possible, just like they did with JD. They didn't overpay for JD. Uh, they didn't overpay for Trevor Story. Um, they got a lot more athletic because that was a huge hole. Uh, they were a terrible base running team in 2021. I mean, Christian Vasquez led the team in stolen bases. I'm not saying Trevor Story is going to come in and swipe 40 bags, but you add JBJ, you add Trevor Story, and now your team is a lot more athletic, more balanced. Um, definitely much, much happier than what I was a week ago. Definitely worried about a week ago with where we were headed. Right, because we've been kind of talking even in like the group chat about um, obviously the trade, the Renfro trade and bringing in JBJ. And then there really wasn't any other you know big move um, you know after that. So obviously this signing definitely helps out. And, um, you know, it, it, it makes the uh, the Renfro deal uh, make a little bit more sense, um, you sure. know, with bringing in a guy like Story. Agree. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I don't think this is the last move the Red Sox are actually going to make either. I mean, I think we're actually going to see free agency play a little bit differently this year where there's still going to be trades and moves happening past April 7th when, you know, uh, opening day happens. And uh, we'll still be kind of, you know, figuring things out, I think. Uh, You know, maybe we'll add another bat to compliment JBJ, you know, um, especially maybe like a right-hander like Tommy Pham or something like that, and maybe even another starting pitcher now that Chris Sale might be out for yeah. a little bit. So, um, mm-hmm. thankfully, you have your biggest hole filled right now with Trevor Story. You can go into the uh, season right now and feel confident with your chances because you got that guy. But uh, there's no reason to, you know, take your foot off the pedal if we are able to, you know, still improve the team. No, absolutely. And they will still make improvements, whether it's obviously, like you said, in the coming weeks, whether it's in April, which is a very, very big possibility, or whether it's at the trade deadline. The good thing about the way that the organization has ran itself in the last three years is now you have a few more additional pieces that you can play with without completely gutting the farm system. You can add a valuable piece at the trade deadline, whether it's a rental or even a long-term guy. Um, I think that the other thing here is that I think I really like Christian Arroyo and I really like what he brings to the team. Um, I would give him a shot at playing 162 games at second base. I just don't think his health can hold up. He had so many, like my, I know they had a lot of bad luck, they say, but he had so many just weird fluky injuries and it was like constant. I just never nagging. Yeah. I just think maybe he's just not, I think he's a good fit as a utility guy. Just plug him in, play him. And he doesn't have to play 150 games. He play 80. No. No, if somebody goes down, you feel comfortable with Christian Arroyo taking over at least part-time at third base, second base. And, you know, let's, you know, God forbid Xander goes down, then Trevor Story moves to short and you play Arroyo at second. So uh, there's a lot more flexibility that gets added to it with Christian Arroyo not having to be at second base every single day. He'll still get his at-bats. Maybe he'll even, you know, pick up some role in the outfield. You kind of see Bobby Dahlbeck also being one of those guys that's getting time at second base, getting time in left field. So uh, the more tools you give Alex Cora in terms of roster flexibility and, uh, you know, maximizing players' potential, uh, you know, the better chance this team has at actually, you know, winning and going deep in the postseason. Right. And Cora is like the perfect manager for that, for being able to plug and play guys, you know, make adjustments if he needs to, um, you know, Core is perfect for that. And story, like you mentioned, Jack kind of gives you that, um, you know, kind of, you know, he's a guy that can, you know, obviously move to short, 
play second. Um, you know, he can kind of, you know, play both, you know, both those positions in the infield. So, you know, pretty flexible uh, player as well. Yeah. It, it, like you said, Cora is the perfect guy for that. I think that the message to Arroyo should be just buy into what we're doing. You're not going to be a full-time starter and you're probably not going to make the all-star team and you're probably never going to get a big contract, at least, you know, in the next few years, but you can be a very valuable piece and you can be definitely respected in this organization. Look at guys like, you know, the Brock Holtz of the world, the Kevin Millars of the world. I mean, they had a very, very big role on some very good teams and were very valuable. And I think that's what the message should be to Arroyo. And if he can buy in and accept that, then he'll be a great player. He was last year. I, he was very, very good last year. So. And now we can actually play in Toronto as well. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. They're going to need to play in uh, Toronto. Yeah. So, because the Toronto. You guys in that boat. Uh, Xander was in that boat. Kevin Kolecki was in that boat. And, you know, glad that they took the shot to, you know, actually just play the games there. Um, you know, Chris Hill will worry about that later. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, hopefully that becomes a problem where you actually have to, you know, have him on the mound. Right. And, and, and at the end of the day, like, it comes down to you're you're kind of affecting your own career at this point, which I mean I it is what it is. You know I'm not going to get political, but um, th- these guys have to make a decision between you know I'm I'm going to pass a lot, potentially a lot of money or 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 my starting position because I don't want to get vaccinated. And for guys that are kind of on the, the borderline of already uh, being on the team, Ploiecki and Arroyo, namely, where they're kind of expendable and 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 really replaceable. Uh, I think that they kind of are, are, their hands are tied. I think they kind of have to. So I'm glad they did. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, Dad. I mean, um, there are guys that, uh, you know, I think the Red Sox were in uh, before they signed Trevor Story. I think the kind of big one that may have caught some people by surprise that the Red Sox were in as much with was uh, Freddie Freeman, who uh, ended yeah. up going to LA and. You know, shame on Atlanta for not even really trying to resign him. But um, that was, you know, a guy I think, you know, also who could have really helped out the team. Yeah, I to, to be honest, now that I'm kind of looking at it, though, and the way that everything unfolded with the last two free agent signings, Freeman and Story, it looked like that, like the Red Sox interest in Freeman was, I think, over exaggerated to drive the price up. Like, I kind of think Heyman is like pumping these guys is like value a little bit. Um, and I think that the, the it, <laughs> I think that the, <laughs> like the, the, then he did it again with story and it was Buster only and John Heyman, you know, the two fucking clowns. And they were like, Oh, Yankees are in on story. And I don't think the Yankees really were ever like in no. on story. They, they just knew that he was going to be going to the Red Sox. And I think they were just trying to drive the price up. I, I, and I think the, I think the Yankees were probably in on Freeman. That might have been the only one they, that that would have made sense, but I mean, then they signed Rizzo, so it did. Right. I, I thought they traded for Matt Olson. I heard that they traded for Matt Olson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they didn't. It, it, you know what? And Matt Olson got an extension immediately, and I don't even think the Yankees would have been able to afford it. <laughs> I mean, no. The, <laughs> They're a poverty franchise. How? How could they afford it? They, 
they got hit so hard by the pandemic and then fans not even coming out once it was a full capacity stadium. They got hit so hard living in the most densely populated city in the United States of America. They got hit so hard having boring players like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan. They, they got hit the hardest out of all of this. <laughs> yep. If um if they don't see if they don't extend Judge, come to an agreement with him, um, Yankee fans are it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in the Bronx. And it's gonna be interesting on Twitter. It's gonna be interesting. It'll be a show. It'll be a show. Guys will be rattled. According <laughs> to um a colleague of our manager even who is a diehard Yankees fan, uh it's gonna get done by opening day. You know, that's like, you know, a week and a half away probably, but it's going to get done. So don't you worry. Yeah, it, they're going to need to open a whole additional insane asylum for Yankee fans if Aaron Judge walks and goes somewhere else. If he goes to the Dodgers, the Mets, the Red Sox, you know, wherever, there will be. The Mets would be the funniest thing oh, yeah. ever happened in the existence oh. of mankind. I will buy Met season tickets just to support this. <laughs> now that would that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I just think like now the Mets have the highest payroll in baseball. I don't think that they would want to now go and spend forty million dollars AAV on Aaron Judge. I don't know if that's what's going to be, but I mean it's not. Steve Cohen be- will do it personally. I I I, I, I kind of feel yeah. like. I kind of agree. Like, I feel like he, he would at least, or at least it would go down to the wire. Like, at least he would, yeah. like, drive to try to drive the price up if he goes to free agency. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. Uh, Josh Donaldson is still an elite player. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, that also touches upon what the fuck are the Minnesota Twins doing? Like, Somehow in a span of like two weeks, they lost Josh Donaldson. They got the shortstop from the Rangers and flipped him over. They um, signed basically Carlos Correa to a one-year deal with maybe a year or two on top of that. So I do not see what the fuck they're doing. They're, it's a very weird division, but right. yeah, that, that was a head-scratcher. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those it's one of those things where like I think that they see the division kind of open and they're they're going for it for a year. I think just see how it goes. Um, the the lineup's good. I, I think that they'll be pretty. They'll contend. They'll be good. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to justify spending all that money on Correa. And also, you took some money from from Sanchez, but I think the biggest thing is they they did get rid of the Donaldson contract, which is nice for them. So they freed up some some money there. But I think that trade, the Yankees Twins trade, I think you could say that was probably a good trade for both teams. I I think it was a sensible move by the Yankees, and I think that it filled a hole at that shortstop. Um, I think that they believe in you know Volpe, so. Do you think the Yankees fans are ever going to make Gary Sanchez was a fat fuck and, you know, just was not good at being a catcher whatsoever? Yeah, he had ding-dongs, but, like, can we just – can they just admit that he fucking sucked now? He 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 was a good hitter, but also I think I think also that was overstated too. Like, he had a lot of years where he was, like, kind of hovering around, like, 230, 
240. And I mean, he just for, yeah, he hit home runs, but I don't think he was a good enough hitter to be that bad at being a catcher. That's all. Yeah, I think though, I think they're still, um, you know, I, I think they still pull for, for Gary Sanchez. They, they, they definitely, uh, you know, still think he was obviously one of the, you know, still a pretty good player and a good talent there. I, you know, we, our, our coworker, Jack, uh, we're our manager. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was, you know, he was behind Gary Sanchez. He said, Hey, I think he was a good player for us. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever admit that. Um, that, that, that's, that's interesting for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, they're very stubborn. Right. As it is. So, yeah. um, He's beloved there, and the farewell tweets were nice. But yep. um, I hope he does well in Minnesota. I hope, yeah. you know, the Twins-Yankees is kind of like a weird, like, rivalry. It's like a half rivalry where, like, they play each other in the playoffs a lot. Yeah. And I do hope that, like, they play each other in the playoffs and That'd Gary be Sanchez and, content. and Carlos Correa go off. <laughs> What I truly hope happens is uh, the Yankees have a 3-0 series lead in the ALCS and then blow it. Not that the Yankees are going to make it until the ALCS, but uh, I, I would love for another 0-4 to happen for them. But it's the Twins this time. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't hope. I just don't hope that because that means the Red Sox win. Right. Yeah. But that would be hilarious. Yeah. No, I uh-huh. mean. Maybe in like the ALDS, like you know, the Yankees are leading two zero, and then the Twins come back from three zero. Then we beat them, and then we won the World Series because you know, of course, we're going to win the World Series. We're the Red Sox. We got Trevor Story. It, right. we're, everything's good. I mean, yeah. they, looking at the lineup, they have a very, very good chance to win a World Series, um, contend for the division. They, like I said before, I mean, you add Story, and now you add thirty bombs, almost guaranteed to your lineup you add a ton more athleticism you know great infield defense um you become more versatile because now like you said like we said before arroyo moves to a utility position um don't forget you still have travis travis shaw Travis Shaw. right so he can be your kind of utility man for the corner spots first and third give you some some options there and then Bobby Dahlbeck becomes a little more expendable, maybe via like a trade because you have Cassis and you have Shaw, you know, Cassis obviously not yet, but sometime, hopefully this season. So I think that this move is just for $23 million a year. The Red Sox get a lot in return. Um, I don't think there's much you can really say that's too bad about it. Um, the year commitment, which it would, is probably going to be six years, could be seven. I'm totally fine with that because Xander could opt out or, or, or yeah, he could opt out or walk. And now you have your insurance for Xander. So good deal. Well, I mean, ideally it's even a four year deal because I mean, if he opts out, that means he's doing well and you know, he's going to want more money. So, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But if you're paying, you know, Trevor story less than a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars, uh, for four years, you're going to take that in his prime. Um, I think also one thing I wanted to touch upon uh, that I think is kind of just a myth now is players leaving cores doing bad. Uh, I think you see with DJ uh, LeMahieu and Nolan Arenado that you can leave cores and do well. I'm not worried about that at all. 
Um, and I think, you know, he's going to do really well at Fenway Park with, uh, you know, his swing and uh, the monster. You know, it's very cliche with right-handed hitters, but it's true. Right. And, and at the end of the day, like, if if everyone could hit well in Coors Field and that was the thing, like, I'm not saying it's not a hitter's park. It obviously is. But if that was the thing, like, the Rockies would be churning out, you know, these unbelievable offensive teams and these unbelievable offensive players. And they've had some decent offensive players. But let's not act like they're a factory for, you know, 45 home run guys or 30 home run guys. I mean, Story and Arenado, that's in the last five years. I mean, those are your, those are your, that's your two. I mean, every team in the league has two guys that they've developed that can hit 35 plus home runs. I mean, it's just, I mean, Charlie Blackman for a second, but even he yeah. fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, I guess you, yeah, you could say him. And they've had, I mean, they, in the past, they've had good teams, but so has everybody. I mean, I just think that that's a little overblown, you know? Yeah. And now they have Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That, that, that is even more crazy than anything the Twins have done, but. Uh, this that's was a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, this was one of those off seasons where it was like, I just, so many random teams did so many random things. And it wasn't like the big market clubs, like just like going after the big market guys. It was the small to middle market, just like throwing money at, at guys. Like, you know, the Seegers of the world, you know, Javier Baez, um, fucking yeah, Tigers Chris Bryant. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just very weird. Yeah, yeah like you like you mentioned LeBeau. Yeah. It was kind of like yeah. a uh I know LeBeau you you kind of uh, called it a uh, a bloodbath uh this off season. Yeah. I stole that from Red Sox stats, but it was it was it was a bloodbath and it was terrible because it was just like everything that went wrong went wrong. And I think the one that really rubbed me the wrong way the most was was not like directly repla- replacing Hunter Renfro, especially with Sully Suzuki. Like yeah. that was yeah, that was a that kick was, of the dick. That was one where that was an obvious fit too. Who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have signed Trevor Story if we did sign Sully Suzuki. So uh, I would rather you know take Trevor Story at the end of the day. I think me too. You know, Suzuki obviously would have. Worked out great for us as he filled a, you know, an exact hole that we needed. But, um, you know, if I had to pick one, I'm still taking Trevor Story over him. Yeah, I, I, you definitely take Story. You know what he is. You know he's going to be a good good player for you. He, he's done well in Major League Baseball. You know, Sully never played right. Major League Baseball before. I, I, I mean, he, it's, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. Uh, he's not, like, going to be like Kosuke Fukudome. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to do well. But... Like you'd rather take story. I just thought it was such an like a such an easy replacement to make that switch. Like you yeah. you, you lose Renfro, grab grab you know Suzuki. You lose Schwarber. I mean, you really didn't replace Schwarber. I mean, you you just kind of yeah. I guess you replaced two guys with one and JBJ. So like you didn't really replace Schwarber. You also didn't really replace Renfro. They kind of just went in a different direction. And in in turn, they got a lot more athletic, which I think that Alex Cora likes that style a little bit more. No, I agree. I mean, um, 
there are guys in the minor leagues that can help fill some of those roles. You know, maybe even Jaron Duran actually finally steps up and, you know, takes that turn. It's not too uncommon for, you know, a guy to struggle first time around the big league. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to give up on him quite yet. You know, maybe he's not that all-star that we thought he was, but I think he still could, you know, contribute to the 2022 team and hopefully even beyond that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and you you guys were talking about obviously uh, Suzuki, and you know what you have in story is just a known commodity. Um, you know what he can bring. Um, you know what he has in the majors, so it's perfect. And obviously, he fills uh, the holes that that you needed to. So, um, yeah, yeah, just a solid, solid signing for Heim Bloom. And it doesn't look like he's done. You know, we saw the picture of him in at the uh, spring training game today with the bucket hat on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wheeling and dealing. I don't think I don't think it's done. Yeah. Like like we said, we could still see some moves. Uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. So what I like about you know just signing Trevor Story is now we kept our core prospects of Tristan Cassis, Nick York, Myers, and even Duran. So you know it would be great if we could keep all those guys and you know add a piece. But I feel a little bit more comfortable maybe trading away one of those. Definitely not two of them, but. Uh, to, you know, maybe get an impact player, maybe a starting pitcher, maybe an outfield corner bat uh, that's long-term. So it, it gives us a lot more things to play with in terms of, you know, roster flexibility, the current team, but also, you know, moving forward as well. Yeah. And Jack, you kind of brought up the name, uh, you know, earlier today of uh, Luis Castillo as, you know, maybe a possibility of, um, you know, Heim Bloom going after yeah, no, I mean, he's done great. He's going to cost a lot. He's going to cost you one of those top three guys. I really don't see them trading Myers at all just because of how recent it is. And, you know, uh, but it would take, you know, a top name prospect. And we'll see if he Bloom wants to do that or if he just wants to hold on. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the, the, the beauty of the spot that the Red Sox are in right now. I think that you, you feel confident going into the year with a kind of a wait and see approach. Um, you have, all of you know april may and june and all actually all of july so you have four full months to start the season see how it goes see how the 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 blue jays perform see how the yankees perform see how the 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 rays perform and then if you know you're you're in a position where you don't feel great about your pitching or something on your team then you can make the move for you know a, a a piece that you feel like you need at that point the one thing you don't want is to make a move for a pitcher like a Manaya or a Montas or, you know, Castillo, and then maybe them not perform that well and the, the prospect kind of, you know, really does very well. Um, so, I mean, it's a wait and see. I think holding off on that is probably best. I also think, like, maybe you could it, you could see what you get out of, you know, walk up hill. Um, I know Paxson's going to be out until midseason, but Tanner Howe, you can kind of see what you have there. For, see, see what you have, and then if, if you don't like it, then you can go out and grab someone. Yeah. And, you know, we have, you know, other guys like uh, Brian Bayo, uh, Connor Siebold, and even Cutter Crawford that can make starts for you. You know, it's not ideal. You'd rather, you know, just have your guys be healthy, but it's not going to be like a 2020 situation where we're throwing – Ryan Weber and fucking Craig from Applebee's out there and, you know, giving, not even giving you a chance to compete. 
Right. Right. Um, but nonetheless, now that the story thing is done and now that the lockout is over, cause it's all, I feel like it's always something, you know, whenever you're a fan of like a big market team, like it's always something like you, the, the pressure to compete is there. And I give Heimbloom a lot of credit. I was really critical uh, of him on twitter.com earlier this week, because I think I was just, it was a lot of restlessness, a lot of anxiety, you know, like you, you, you fear that like you're going to hire someone and Yes, they might know way, way more than you, way more than you. But as a Red Sox fan, you have a certain expectation of how you want the organization run. And the fear is that maybe Bloom wasn't like the guy that understood what Red Sox fans really wanted. Like he might run an organization at an exceptionally high level, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is like a good fit. I think this proves, though, that he he does both. He, he can be the spender when he needs to spend, and he can be the, the guy that you hired him for to run the organization efficiently, which is, you know, develop guys, um, not sign really stupid contracts, um, you know, put an emphasis on on the, the farm system. So I think this proves that Bloom is here to do the job that we envisioned him doing and not the one that, uh, you know, that talks that gets talked about on Sports Hub, like oh, Heim Bloom is turning the Red Sox into the Rays. We're not the Rays. The Rays wouldn't throw 140 million dollars at a second baseman. It just wouldn't happen. So I'm very happy, but now I'm really excited for opening day. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> this whole thing. Now that stories on the team. Now I'm really excited for opening day. So you, I never really saw us trying to be the Rays. I see us trying to be the Dodgers, where. You know, we are able to have a big payroll. We are being able to sign these guys. But, you know, uh, Dave Dombrowski was a guy that, you know, went all in on, you know, winning the World Series. He did. He, you know, mortgaged the farm system, right. all big names to do it. So there was a little bit of cleaning up after that. And, you know, basically a two, three year transition for Bloom. And, you know, we're uh, made it to the ALCS last year. Uh, definitely think we have a shot at the World Series this year. So. Uh, we'll see, you know, how it continues long-term, but we're in a good spot and probably a better spot than we've been in the last, you know, few seasons since 2018, realistically. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, like you guys were saying, Bloom is a perfect guy to, to come in and, uh, clean up, clean up the mess. Like you said for that, you know, obviously Dombrowski, um, had here and it looks like he can be that guy you know Matt Le- you know LeBeau like you were saying that can uh, kind of do both so it's exciting um you know obviously with the story signing pump for opening day uh and for the season um you know it, it's you know I, I, that that story signing definitely got the juices flowing you know this afternoon um you know baseball's right around the corner here opening day is almost here and um, the Sox are, you know, they're going to have a fantastic lineup. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a hell of a year for sure. No, it's it's, it's going to be really fun. And we're, we're all looking forward to having a lot of good nights at Fenway. Um, but, yeah, I think that, like, the, the, the ability to be the Dodgers of the East is available. I think it's there. I don't think you're ever going to be quite the Dodgers. I mean, stadium holds 55,000 people. It... Um, you know, I mean, you have the, the they have one of the largest uh, network deals in baseball, um, but you still can develop the organization in a way where it's going to run itself, and you're not going to have to 
you know, try to reload every year to compete. Um, but dude, just what a, what a weird off season, what a fun off season, kind of what a stressful off season, but mostly what a fucking hilarious off season for the Yankees. I mean, just (laughs) awesome. Just awesome. It's just fantastic. They, they, the, I, I saw one thing. I think Jack, I think you liked it. It was uh, talking Yanks, and they they showed the photoshops they did. <laughs> I, just, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Alton, Correa, Freeman, Trevor Story, and they got none of them. None they of them. They got jo- they got a clean shaven Josh Donaldson that looks like you know just any other dude from New York City, and that was it. Yeah, and no but more Luke Voigt. One thing I want to touch upon is that fucking Hardo Connor Isaiah. Hello, Wella, whatever his name is, the Yankees traded for, saying like, oh, yeah, you know, shaving your beard. It's like the same thing as making your bed. Winners make your bed. I'm like, shut up. Oh, that was such a cringy You play for the Rangers. Yep. (laughs) That was so cringy. Hardo. Seriously. He, he, I think he, you know what? I think he's going to fit in just fucking fine because he did that beard thing and then he posted himself like a picture of himself at Yankee Stadium. Like, did, have you learned, had these guys like learned nothing? Like the whole like Garrett Cole, like Yankee fan today, Yankee fan tomorrow, whatever fucking bullshit. Like, it's just cringy. It's not, it's not like it. it the Yankees are, I, I learned about this word like recently. The Yankees are chuggy. Like that's what chuggy. they are. They're chuggy. They're they're that's literally what they are. They're like they. It's like Yankee fan. They they like try to be like like involved and trendy, but they just try too hard, and yeah. it just always comes back to bite them. Where and did then, you learn then, this word? It's like a TikTok thing. Okay. It's, it's, it's oh a, oh TikTok smack. It's a Gen Z <laughs> stupid fucking cunt rag thing. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, no, it, it they are, and like this this shortstop, they call him IKF, right? Yeah. He's only he's so pumped about it, dude. Did, like, if he just went on Twitter one time, all he would see is just millions of tweets of Yankee fans being like, "I can't wait for Volpe, I can't wait for Volpe." Like, <laughs> don't sign a shortstop because of Volpe, <laughs> and like this kid's just walking into a literally like. He is their stopgap one-year shortstop. Like, that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck. I feel like he's... Yeah, they did like sign Marwin Gonzalez, though. They did sign... Oh, I, yeah. We saw yeah. that, yeah. The timing. Just fantastic timing. Yeah. <laughs> Old friend Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, I also did get the uh, 10% uh, notification on my phone. So, just a warning, guys. Yeah, that's okay. I gotta yeah. kind of cut it down anyways jack um, you're you're i want to give props to you man this this is yeah, a great performance by you in my car um you know, where are you right now i am in gorham north uh new hampshire it's middle of goddamn nowhere i'm on a little new england trip right now with the pd in the back of your oh let, let's four people watching ask him YouTube, what, it, what so. what's his take on trevor's story hey pd um do you think Trevor Story is a better signing than Carlos Correa? Sleep if you think so. <laughs> yeah, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. Yeah, he agrees. He agrees. Yeah, he agrees. He knows. He knows ball. He knows ball. <laughs> no, that's um. I mean, other than that, I, you know, a lot, a lot happened, but you you guys know of it. 
we know what happened. You know, the Chris Bryant deal, the Carlos Correa weird fucking one year deal, the one year, three year deal, as as I'm calling it. Um, you know, just a bunch of weird shit. It's just a weird off season and it, it, it was anti, I was kind of anticlimactic a little bit. It was like it was crazy because there was a lot of signings and it was a flurry of, of moves. But I, I think that it was like it, it just wasn't where I thought anyone was really going to go. The only one I predicted correctly was Kyle Schwerber to the Phillies. Yeah. Other than that, all my you predictions did. were just terrible. And like I feel like everyone predicted Schwerber to the Phillies for whatever reason. Like I feel like that someone called that like the, after the last out. They're like Schwerber Phillies. That's it. I don't even know why, but I feel like he's going to be a good fit uh, in Philly. He seems like kind of like a Philly guy to me too. Yeah. Well, probably luck crushes. Yeah, they, cheese. they got Mountain Dew in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Mountain Dew and uh, cheesesteaks, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. The, the Phillies got eight DHs this off season, and <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, wait, we're getting a DH. We can use that for every slot. Yeah, I saw that. That was a funny tweet. Someone said, I think the Phillies misunderstood uh, the idea the universal DH is not a DH at every position. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, fuck. I, I, I'm really excited about the universal DH. I think it's good for baseball. I think it's good for, you know, just the players. Um, it'll be fun, definitely. I'm really excited oh, yeah. for these larger bases. Yeah. yeah, the bigger bags. Hey, I mean, that, that, yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. I uh, nothing smart to contribute. I was gonna say. I mean, the Red Sox added JBJ and Trevor Story, and got rid of Renfro and Schwarber, and the bases got bigger. They're gonna fucking break the stolen base record. Yeah, <laughs> they just might. They just might. Now watch out, Ricky Henderson. <laughs> Oh, man. I think that that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, you know, a little bit of a shorter episode. Emergency pod, if you may. Yeah, uh, Trevor's story. We're doing story. it yeah. for you. Um, and we'll have definitely, you know, a few more episodes before opening day. And, you know, we really start hitting our stride with everything. Yeah, Trevor's story, if you're listening, feel free. Come on the pod. Yep. His first big interview since signing yeah. with the Red Sox. Also, if you're, uh, you're listening out there, uh, you know, follow us, like us. Rate us five stars. That's always yeah, awesome. exactly. We're almost at a thousand followers on Twitter, which is pretty exciting. Hopefully, we can yep. get there by uh, opening day. That'd be nice. Yep, that'd be real nice. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, that pretty much about wraps it up for the uh, emergency Trevor Story Pod. So, um, let's get it. All right, boys. Let's it get was it. a pleasure. Thanks for coming yeah. on. I'm in the corner. <laughs> All right, bye. Peace.